welcome to this Harmony and Health podcast. My name is Julia Outlaw, member of the Harmony and Health team, and I'm joined today by other members of the team, Eleni, Magozata, Anne and Sarah. And it's a very special podcast tonight. We are going to talk about autumn. Autumn, the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. We've moved on from summer. Everything is changing. We're heading into winter. It's even snowing in Norway, Anne's just told us. Um, not quite in Poland, I think, but it's definitely getting colder here. A lovely crisp day. Um, but autumn has connotations and meanings and traditions in many different countries. And we'd like to share some of our interesting experiences and also expertise around things you can try in autumn, different traditions, poems, songs. Perhaps I'll ask the team just to highlight what they might be talking about this evening. Anne. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm here, up here in the north in uh, in Norway, where autumn is really, we're really into autumn now. So with the first bit of snow. So I'm going to be uh, talking a little bit about my experience with autumn, my my. Uh, uh, my subjects, one can say, is movements, physical education, and aromas and smells. So I'm going to weave these into a tapestry with my thoughts around that subject in autumn. Wonderful. Magazata. Well, looking out of the window, I can see the full moon and uh, leaves uh, falling down and doing uh, some rustling noises. So I will dive into Slavic tradition of Jade, which is connecting with our ancestors. And also this, hopefully, uh, the idea of you know remembering will, um, I will weave it into um, my proposals and prompts for journaling and these reflections and memory searching we can do using journaling as our therapy tool or just you no know, well-being tool fabulous thank you eleni hello um well as the seasons change and we're moving into winter autumn is quite a special time and more wind is coming up more cold a drier seasons before the snow and the rain starts to fall and that's what um uh, affects us all. So we change with the seasons. So I'm going to be talking about how we can adapt our diet and our lifestyle to help ourselves be balanced during this change. And also a little bit about foraging because there's quite a, an abundance of things still around to go and forage and prepare for the winter so that we can be helped if something goes wrong, if we have a cold, what can we use that we have foraged around this time to help ourselves? Wonderful. Sarah? Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Um, so tonight, I feel the need to share with everyone a kind of song stroke chant really it's a it's an indigenous native american song that my partner who works a lot in el salvador brought back from his trip last time and it's actually a song for the harvest moon which just feels so pertinent because 
it's beaming brightly out there tonight. So hopefully we can all enjoy that later with an emphasis, as always, on just connecting ourselves with breath, presence and movement inside so that we can find this reharmonizing and rebalancing inside ourselves. Mm. Already feeling cheered by this exciting lineup coming and just nice to connect and think about different things going on at the moment and how we can connect with the seasons and not just carry on in the same way every day. I wanted to start by sharing a poem, um, which is the famous poem by John Keats called Season of Mists and Mellow Fruitfulness. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close bosom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run. To bend with apples the mossed cottage trees and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core. To swell the gourd, and plump the hazel shells with a sweet kernel, to set budding more and still more later flowers for the bees, until they think warm days will never cease, for summer has o'erbrimmed their clammy cells. Who hath not seen thee oft amid thy store? Sometimes, whoever seeks abroad may find thee sitting careless on a granary floor, thy hair soft lifted by the winnowing wind, or on a half-reaped furrow sound asleep, drowsed with the fume of poppies, while thy hook spares the next swathe and all its twined flowers. And sometimes, like a gleaner, thou dost keep steady thy laden head across a brook, or by a cider press, with patient look, Thou watchest the last oozings, hours by hours. Where are the songs of spring? Aye, where are they? Think not of them. Thou hast thy music too. While barred clouds bloom the soft dying day and touch the stubble plains with rosy hue, then in a wailful choir the small gnats mourn among the river sallows borne aloft or sinking as the light wind lives or dies. And full-grown lambs loud bleat from hilly born. Hedge crickets sing and now with treble soft the redbreast whistles from a garden croft and gathering swallows twitter in the skies. Wonderful picture of autumn. You know, sometimes we think spring is the time for colour and new life and in a way autumn's sad with the leaves dying and falling down, but such beauty in that change. I know you're a fan of poetry, Anne. I was absolutely mesmerised by your poem there, Julia. I actually have got one myself, which I think can follow on nicely that to really put us in the mood for for the autumn. Um, I come from Gloucestershire originally, so Laurie Lee is one of my obviously favourites. And he's written some um, couplets here, which I'll just read to you, about the seasons. 
Four seasons the rounded year, and all in nature's glass appears. With leaf green eyes and lips half curled, spring lends a white lamb through the world. Butter the hedgerow with cream fat roses, gorged with his garlands the summer dozes. Ancestral autumn with hands of brass shakes the last apple on the grass. The wintry crow creaks home to hide, and frost locks up the countryside. Lovely. Are you a fan of Autumn? Is there really autumn in Norway, or does it go straight into winter? Oh yes, indeed there is. Um, I've been thinking about. I think about autumn very much every year because I was born in the autumn, in October. And I don't know if that has any relationship with how we see our seasons. It'd be interesting to hear what other people think about that. But I find autumn very special to me. In fact, we've had a long summer this year where we had an Indian summer, late summer, at least here in Norway we have had. And But every year, regardless, I can almost smell when autumn comes, is on its way, just at the turn. And I was put a little bit back this year because it was so late, because the summer was so long. So things took time, but then suddenly one day it was there. I think, here we go. Here's the autumn. And here it is extremely vibrant. It suddenly happens almost overnight. We've got the smells, the aromas, the colours. It's like, I don't know what I can compare it with. Um, it's as though nature goes into its final throes of a, an amazing performance. It's like last night of the proms. I suddenly came to me that last night of the proms where everything is on show, full boom out. And that's what the colours are here with the trees. Um, so vibrant before they gradually shed them. Now, it is for me autumn full of power, um, if I can think of descriptions for me, it's power, it is strength, which I relate also in my movement classes and from my own background. Autumn is a time of um, reaping the fruits of the previous seasons before we go into this sort of darker, quieter um, setting. So it's a time for really getting that inner strength and roots um, growing within us, underneath us. And uh, and so I, I take myself out into the forest and I smell the earth and I feel there, especially at the beginning where it's so pronounced, that it is like the nature is giving messages to us all and to the animals and maybe the other plants and animals smell as well. Uh, certainly the animals do and know it's time for their cycle now to, to carry on in the cycle which is innate within them. We often need a little bit more time as humans. We've been a little bit desensitized uh, through our lifestyle. But it is so lovely to listen and to see um, what's going on out in nature because nature is in us. We're not just part of nature. Nature is also within us. And if you look at children, for example, in the autumn, when I think of vitality and power and energy, take a child out. I've taken some children out in the forest to do movement, and their movements are so strong. They jump. They find things to climb over on because things are becoming a little bit more visible. Everything has a different look to it, and but the foliage is, is changing. So they have a, a different way of movement. 
And I think we humans, we adult humans do as well, if we think about it. And I think we can all think, how do we move as the summer finishes and the autumn comes? Interesting. Um, do we go a little bit inside? Yeah, so th- thinking about the different, how we relate to different seasons, and you're saying, so autumn's more of a time of looking inside, um, and also about our movement changing. I'm thinking about swishing through the leaves and... Do others feel that? I definitely look at my dog because all the summer long she goes around with her nose to the ground and when the uh, autumn comes she just stands and smells the air and it's like you know she's smelling the cosmos and I, I always know that the, the, absolutely the autumn is here because she's yeah always with the, the nose up and, and smelling the air. That's so interesting Margarita. For the first time today I noticed my neighbor's dog just sitting there poised perfectly and sort of smelling and breathing and I've never seen her do that before. It must be for this reason. That's that's really nice to know. I wanted to just pick up on one point that Anne said that really made me cackle inside this whole nature being a performance. It's I was out having a walk today and I really felt like I had to stop because there was this drama being acted out in front of me. And if I didn't give it the attention it deserved, then I, I wasn't doing my duty. I really, really felt that there was a show happening. And I hadn't been for a walk for a, for a few days, not to this particular place. And it had completely transformed from the last time I was there. So I like that link of it being a kind of theatrical and, and it, it, it needs that space to, to breathe. And it's uh, quite an important time to move, to go out, uh, to prepare for winter. Um, It's a time that we can collect the final sunshine rays and um, have a bit of vitamin D made in our body. And even the moonlight is a good light to go out and expose as much of us as possible. Uh, we actually, after we finish, I'm going to go out and do some moonlight bathing tonight. It's a very, very bright, um, no no clouds in the sky. And uh, this full moon, particularly this autumn full moon, is a very important time to go out and uh, have some of this light. And there's this tradition in India that, in this uh, autumn full moon they call uh, harvesting full moon. People fast for the whole day and at the end of the day they prepare rice pudding with milk and various spices, cardamom, cloves, cinnamon, saffron, and they prepare this and they leave it out to collect this precious moonlight rays, uh, leave it overnight and then they they eat it in the morning and it's a very special dish that they can only eat once a year. Wow. Thinking of doing that tonight. I think that will cure your poor husband, Elaine, if you do that. (laughs) Yeah. It's done well at the moment. That's a good, that's, it's so interesting, these different traditions that come up and it could just pass you by. It's just another day, but there's things going on. What about um, smells, Anne, you mentioned, or aromatherapy? Is autumn a time to, for particular smells? 
yes, personally, I, I do like the um, the deeper aromas. It, it suits the season. And um, if you haven't got a, a, a wood or forest next door, you may have a park and you can gather them in the natural way just by walking through, in, and especially like in the wind and the rain, and that increases it, of course, and stamping and in the leaves and the soil. But um, you can also make your own, bring it home as well, because we do like to be cosy in the autumn as well and come inside. And then we can bring a little bit of that same feel in in uh, in our home, either through um, making a little uh, spritz, as I call it, in there for the room, your own diffuser um, with certain oils. You can have the pine, you can have uh, eucalyptus, you can have frankincense, black pepper, cardamom, all those. For me personally, I, I do like those spicy warmth, uh, warmth-giving, cosy aromas. You can also make them for your bath as well, carefully blending with a with a um, what we call a carrier oil first, never directly into the water. They're very strong. Only a few drops a little goes far. Um, ginger, clary sage is another one, a relaxing one. We need more sleep, I think, in there uh, as we approach the winter period of time. Um, so uh, an evening bath with clary sage, lavender. Mm, there's so many. Yes, you're so right. Intuitively, you say that, but it's absolutely right that the second part of autumn is the time when our what um, in Ayurvedic terms is called vata, this force in our body, can become very imbalanced. And that's the time when we can lose our sleep, when we can become more cold, when we become more anxious. So we need the kind of practices and foods that make us warm. So all these spices you mentioned, ginger, cardamom, cinnamon, hot foods, and uh, to try and sleep early and uh, to try and ground yourself because vata takes us up into the air, so we want to be grounded. So that's another reason to be going out for walks and um, smelling the air and connecting with the earth. Stopping gradually these summer practices of swimming in the cold uh, is the time to be warm because this is the time that many of us can uh, catch colds, actually, especially if the autumn is uh, comes late when there is not the usual kind of autumn. So that's, that's when we need to take care. And... Uh, Collecting eucalyptus leaves, that's another thing uh, to forage this time because you can drop a few of these in boiling water and do inhalations to help you with the cold. You could put some orange peel in it and some cardamom or if you don't have any of these, just fix and just um, do the inhalations to help clear this um, this cold that happens to many people. I know a lot of us are suffering the colds at the moment. And I also had been feeling a bit more sort of anxious. I thought it was just the bad weather, but I guess it is related. Um, but I know I've got some airy vata in me, and maybe this is just the time of year that need to up the grounding. Yes. I mean, you're talking about collecting things, Eleni. Autumn is the time for harvest, isn't it? I know you can forage any time of year, but it's particularly rich 
at this time of year. It is. There are still some herbs that are growing. So if you have in your garden lemon verbena or sage or mint still is there, parsley, the last of dill and uh, fennel is around and uh, collecting various other herbs like thyme and um, that's the time to collect them and dry them and prepare them for for winter. There's also all the harvest that we have with the pumpkins and um, you can make very nice uh, soups, warming soups, which is what we need with some garlic, ginger and um, other spices, just what we need to balance the vata, this airy, cold element in us, force in us. And eat the last of the tomatoes or tomato sauces, which can uh, keep us uh, warm. And uh, go into things like uh, lots of carbohydrates are good at this time of the year. And I think uh, some of us, most of us, if we intuitively listen to our bodies, we want to eat a little bit more this time. It's it's the time to prepare for when the winter comes and there isn't so much of this stuff and we supposedly should be eating less. Then we've, we've built reserves during autumn. I know I've been, uh, myself, I've been doing this intermittent fasting, but the last few days I feel the need to eat and uh, I've stopped doing it. I'm eating more and I just think it's the right thing. You can't just do the same thing all the time. Uh, Everything is connected. We are like the cosmos. We change as well with the seasons. So we adapt our diet and lifestyle to the new season. Yes, And with the moon as well, I was just thinking, um, I definitely have a week, a month where I eat and eat and eat and eat, um, and sometimes not so much. And I guess it's the same on an annual basis. Yes, absolutely. And of course, with this kind of moon, there are mushrooms uh, in the forest. So I know that uh, my parents, for example, are keen mushroom pickers, and they, whenever, you know, just this kind of warmish but um, uh, very moonlight shone uh, evenings happen they are up on four four o'clock in the morning and they go picking mushrooms and then of course drying them or preserving for winter and all the berries that you can pick and you can pick hawthorn berries they are very abundant this time of the year and uh, when the cold starts, they are at their best, they become the sweetest. And you can make a ketchup out of hawthorn berries, which is quite a healthy alternative to tomato ketchup, especially if you make it on your own. Sounds lovely. I did have a go with some rose hips as well. And then you have to put it through a, a muslin to, to, you know, soak. And about three drops came through overnight. And I thought, oh, dear, I've not added enough water or boiled it enough. Or There's a lot of knowledge you need with or kind of experience. It's a bit trial and error with preserving, foraging. Yes. And the other thing you can forage a lot this time is um, apples. 
and especially what people don't use in this country anymore, because in England where we are, because it requires a lot of worries, crab bubbles. Crab bubbles are so good for colds and for all sorts of other things, and you can make the most amazing tasty jelly out of them. And um, because people don't pick them, you can go to places and ask, can I collect some of your crab apples? And people, and they will say yes. Uh, we went to this hotel and they have uh, all these orchards and uh, no one's using the apples or the pears or the quinces. And uh, we, we asked if we could collect them and they said yes. Um, and... Uh, Nature is uh, is very wise. So pears also is another apple, uh, another uh, fruit that is very good if you have all sorts of problems, especially for vata uh, imbalance, which is this time of the year. So you make, you eat them as as raw, or you can make them into. Um, fruit compote or you could cook them in syrup and preserve them and the best of all my favorite is quinces you can make the most amazing quince compote and jelly that uh, uh, Spanish people are famous for making this uh, what do they call it membrillo yeah first membrillo is in the fridge I was so excited you say just there was this quince tree outside a, a restaurant a few days ago and they were just lying on the floor. And some of them, you know, that you could see they were just so ripe. And I asked them and they said, sure, take them. So I went home. They're quite hard to chop. They're very hard. Um, but then, they yes, I made this jelly with star anise and ginger in. And it tastes so lovely. It's delicious. And isn't there something magical about quinces? You were talking about quinces, Sarah. I was, I was saying how I remember Eleni... Um, <laughs> wanting me to collect some for her a while ago because our neighbour has the tree, uh, God knows how many trees, every year he puts out boxes and boxes of them. Nobody ever takes them and for years I just never touched them because I just didn't know what they were. And then the lady said about it and then I went to take them they'd all gone. And um, then COVID happened and there's no more quinces being put out <laughs> for fear of, I don't know. Who knows? But um, I've got my eye out for them. Go and ask for them and bring some next week, Sarah. Okay. Yeah, I could just knock on his door. Eleni, how about uh, rowan berries? We have a lot up here, rowan berry. Is it too mild in uh, in um, South England or is it just up in the north, North England, Scotland? I know they like frost. That's when they're – so there are a lot this year up here, which are beautiful to, to – to pick and uh, use. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Yes, uh, I think those and Damson and um, they're very good to to do all sorts of um, things with them. So if you collect them, yeah, and if you have the time to to process them, that's the thing. People are um, poor in time sometimes. It's the thing to do this time of the year. It is funny also how um, those places differ because in Poland we actually this year we have an abundance of uh, hazelnuts and chestnuts, uh, which are you know I'm always uh, like a crazy lady running around the parking lot because 
I'm picking them up and, you know, my pockets look like heavy, just, you know. Uh, and, yeah, because cars, like, run over them and I I don't want to then go to waste. So, yeah, hazelnuts. And tell us about what else happens in Poland, because that's what used to happen. Well, uh, autumn for uh, Slavs is a very, very special time, um, both equinoxes actually, but uh, uh, this autumnal equinox uh, is a very special time for connecting with ancestors. So after the time of, you know, this muscle work during this harvest in in summer comes the time for like reckoning, summering, checking out whether we have enough or whether we have uh, enough to, to come through the winter and then comes the time with those leaves and those full moons and some fogs and mists uh, where this you know the, the veil of the other side is being lifted and all of our ancestors are coming and this the very very special time is uh, actually um, the night uh, between thirty first uh, October and and the first of November, of course, uh, where we um, celebrate uh, our forefathers in uh, this celebration that is actually very very old. It, some some anthropologists say it comes even uh, you know from pre Indo European times. Uh, it is called Jade. Well, we don't call them uh, like this now because uh, Christianity came in and it's, of course, uh, All Saints Day. But uh, there are still some rites that are expressed and that are uh, performed. But they, it is a very special time because, you know, uh, this word for Jade, uh, which comes from pre european language which, uh, with this... Uh, part of dead or dead or daddy uh, to ditko in in russian also in Euro- ukrainian ukrainian and it all means at the same time it means old person so ancestor but also a ghost or a demon or a house demon because for a long time those uh, spirits of our ancestors tend to live with us. And uh, they come and go, of course, but at this time of year, they come like they are almost, you can almost touch them or you can almost contact them. And of course, during this uh, this uh, festive of, of Jade, we kind of invite them because they are our ancestors and we want to connect with them and we want to help them because we have an abundance after the summer's work and they have none. So in in their afterlife, we can help them by feeding them. And therefore, of course, uh, by feeding them, we can uh, gain their... their favor and they were also they were responsible uh, as Smith said they were responsible for next harvest for uh, you know uh, all the pregnancies uh, and uh, for yeah they they were preparing our uh, path to afterlife so we helped them come back and and gain some strength and show them a way to the afterlife so they can be rebirthed because Slavs believed that those spirits, those, those ancestors, those deads and those jade, they uh, 
will re, re, be reborn in the same family, in the same clan. So like your grand-grandson or something. Uh, so yeah, we, we would like them to be on our side. As of course, because they were also our like uh, home demons. So of course, in this time, we would invite them uh, with food, with like milk, uh, honey, bread, or uh, porridge, and sometimes eggs and vodka, of course. So uh, Slavs would go on this night uh, to the cemetery, or the, they would prepare a feast in the house. But do not; they would not close the door, so spirits could come in, and they would eat uh, those things on the graves, uh, with or at the table. But from time to time, they would spill something, like uh, some uh, pieces of bread or some uh, one cup of vodka, for example, on the grave or on the table. And those those foods were not picked up because they were foods for those spirits. And at night. We would leave the bread on the table. No one would uh, clean the house. No one would clean the table because those spirits will come and feast on this food. And thanks to uh, feeding them and thanks to preparing them uh, some warm baths, uh, we could, uh, you know, make them uh, warm and help them gain s- strength enough to uh, next part of the journey of the afterlife. Uh, therefore, uh, we would, uh, or Slavs would uh, fire either uh, candles or fires uh, because um, uh, on the graves, in the houses on the graves, because those fires would uh, for once give some warmth, but uh, on the other hand, they would uh, show the way for the spirits to travel and this is actually something we still do actually poles travel to the farthest parts of parts of country just to light uh, a candle on the graves of their loved ones and during this this times for a more than a week uh, we can see cemeteries transformed into this you know like uh, colorful luminous parks because there are thousands of candles burning, so you can see them uh, even from from afar. But uh, on the other hand, you know, with with spirits, you never know. They are, of course, good spirits. They are your uh, grandfather or your father or your mother. But with spirits, you never know. So you don't want to offend them. You don't want to scare them. So there were, of course, things you, you should not do. Uh, during this time also, during this visit of, of your ancestors. So, for example, you sh- uh, should not be very loud uh, as you approach a cemetery, but also as you feast uh, at the table, you should not be very loud. You should not uh, get up abruptly from the table because you could scare them. And, uh, yeah, you should not... Uh, during this time, you should not uh, put the fire in your uh, stove, in your pit, and you should not sew or weave because you could uh, accidentally weave or sew in the spirit into the tapestry, into the, the clothing you are weaving, and this soul could not travel anymore. So you would not want to do that because you could 
angry this uh, this uh, kind of soul and then this soul might become you know the evil spirit the evil demon and if that happens or for, for example for people who died abruptly or died you know violently um in the places where they died or in the crossroads for uh, all the year people left like small sticks and during this time uh, those sticks that you know usually were quite a big stake at the time uh, it was lit to uh, to uh, yeah not allow this evil spirits because they become evil spirits they become uh, demons and uh, vampires actually so you, you by burning those sticks you you don't allow them to come through so there were uh, this uh, these traditions, but also it is important, and it is all very much in the language, of course, with this jaded word. We call beggars. We also call them jaded, and that, that it was also the time where uh, Slavs believed they should uh, give some uh, food, and they should, uh, you know, sh- share their wealth with beggars because those beggars uh, were kind of mediators, because some of them uh, were coming, they were travelers usually, and they know information, they knew songs, and they usually sang the special kind of songs, we call them Pieśni uh, Dziadowskie, so like this Jadi songs, um, and they, it was the mournful voices singing these long ballads, uh, and they were usually horror stories or ghost stories, you know, about um, uh, some curses and about, uh, you know, they have usually have moral, like uh, they were about envy or vanity or greed uh, and some, you know, uh, hangman cut off arms or something like this. So these songs were usually uh, quite cruel, but had some... uh, collective wisdom, collective memory in them. So those beggars, those jade, uh, were uh, very much um, liked in the, in the community. And in this time, they were given food and shelter. And actually, yeah, from, from these beliefs uh, came out our greatest uh, drama, uh, I mean, drama play written by Adam Mickiewicz, actually, in the 19th century, uh, which is Forefathers' Eve, Jady. Uh, and that, that drama is, for, for Polish people, this drama is actually as important as, I don't know, Faust for German people or uh, for like, Shakespeare for English people. And Jady absolutely, Mickiewicz Jady absolutely organized our still organizing our imagination in Poland uh, at this time of of autumn and uh, this connection between generations and spirit world and our world. Yeah, so... Wow, thank you, Magazotta. So much, so many images coming to mind there, these graveyards filled with candlelight and all these tables with doors wide open for the spirits to come in. And it just, it brings it it very close. It seems so vivid, this kind of connection with the spirits. We don't really think about our ancestors so much, I guess, 
in the West now. I know a lot of indigenous peoples do more. Yes, of course, everyone knows the story of Persephone, who goes to the underworld, and that's when autumn and winter starts. Uh, she sits with hard Hades and uh, becomes the queen of the underworld. And uh, then when she comes up again to join her mother, Dimitra, that's when spring and summer happens. What a drama everything is in these seasons, once we start digging and delving into them uh, and the spirits and, and just walking out in the evenings of the nighttime, whether you're in town or in the countryside. I think you can you can find all sorts of shapes and forms which are look like spirits coming out, and we go into that underworld. Um, and for my birthday coming up now, and the weekend, I'm going off to a cabin out in the out in the wilds with uh, my grandchildren and children. And uh, we're going to be outside in the night and eat and find lots of tree spirits and things we can because these little ones think it's so exciting to be out in the night time and you can see how they walk and move. The little one a little bit scary and frightened behind his big sister. And you see the movement there, how our emotions and movement are joined together in our surroundings as well. Everything paints a picture where we are, I think, what we're doing. So I look forward to observing this and finding all the different things in, out in nature and try and harmonise together with it all. And the colours as well, we've not mentioned so much. I know the trees you said are, and the berries and everything, but just the change of the colours and noticing Sarah's wearing a beautiful red fluffy jumper, which brings some cheer on a cold night. But how we connect with those as well around us and notice all the different shifting colours. Yeah, actually about, you know, noticing things, I would really, yeah, about so this is time to, to say something about journaling. This is absolutely moment to do this because, you know, when you uh, look inside, look to connect, uh, this is definitely wonderful moment to take a warm uh, tea or, you know, warm soup and a blanket and journal and, you know, just recollect about what did happen uh, what was uh, what, what what did we get excited about last you know last moments of summer for example what robbed us of energy for example to also take out some lessons about this and uh, what are we grateful for actually and those could be great prompts to sit for a moment with this not a screen but a piece of paper and uh, and start noticing things, putting them on paper, and then this is great jump start for reflecting uh, and, and looking deeper inside. Yes, yes. And like you say, the time of year to do it with this, everything turning a bit more inside, not so much of the external exuberance of summer but everything calming down and just time to reflect great practice i think we need a song i was just getting ready with my bowl of hazelnuts and herb tea to do my journal <laughs> but yes a song would be lovely 
let's um let's prepare for the song in ourselves so just finding where you're at maybe just close your eyes wherever you are whether you're cozy on a couch sitting on a chair perhaps you're even listening whilst preparing a meal or few things are going on see if within whatever it is you're doing you can just find a little bit of you so have some contact with the floor or with the chair or sofa just slowly bringing a bit of attention into your sensations in your body see if you can find your own inner autumn pulse. See if you can find some movement inside. Maybe you can feel the passing of the air in the abdomen, the ribs, the chest. Maybe you can just have a sense of your presence as you listen to my voice and also as you listen to your inner hum. And as we've been chatting today amongst us, so many images, so much has been covered really. We want to allow that to nestle somewhere inside so that we can take that with us into our lives. We can also breathe out a little bit more space so that we can welcome the new in this season. And then we're just going to do a little hum together. I'm going to choose the note G. We want to keep a little bit of that nice awareness inside as we hum. So when you're ready, you can join in and be sure to carry on allowing the air to leave your body when you create a sound. It's amazing how much we hold our breath, make sound and then breathe in again. No, we don't want to do that. So in your own time, you can just join in. Ah. Just allow the sound to be as long as your breath is. Ah. Two more of these. Ah. And then we've got these lovely words to this song that I mentioned earlier. We have the first word, which is nisa, nisa. And then the second part is gai wei o, gai wei o. So let's do the nisa bit first. And I'm just going to sing it as a kind of call and response. So I'll sing it and I'll leave space for you to sing it wherever you are. Nisa, 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 
Your turn. My turn. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Your turn. Next bit. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Your turn. And again. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. And then my turn. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Your turn. Good. And then we finish with Gaweo. Your turn. And again. Gaweo. Good. Just take a moment to bring a bit of attention back to that breath. Notice energy just being created in the body just from a little bit of song. And allow that to just reharmonize your inner self, rebalancing just like nature's doing at the moment. And we're going to sing the song together. So I'll give you four in and I'll sing it and you can sing along. After four, one, two, three, four. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Nisa, Nisa, Nisa. Gaweo, Nisa, 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 Gaweo, Gaweo. Wonderful. I do love singing, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking us through that. Does it have a meaning, those words? Um, well, it is about the full harvest moon, but I'm not sure exactly which word means what. Wow. So we need to go outside tonight with our rice puddings, expose our skin to the moon and sing a bit of Gaweo. I can put some guitar music on as we leave. Um, to go with the song, if you wish, Julia. Lovely. And yes, let's remember that uh, everything in our body is made as the cosmos. So as the world around us is changing, so are we. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. And thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs>